Welcome to episode number five of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. If you enjoy the show, then head over to www.exposureninja.com forward slash giveaway and you can win an iPad and an hour of digital marketing consultation just for listening, reviewing and rating the show. So go and do that now. Um, In this episode, Loz and I are talking about the five questions that your homepage needs to answer. Now, for every digital marketing campaign, it doesn't really matter what methods you're using online, your website is going to be the central hub and has a really important effect on the overall success of the campaign. And your homepage is typically the page that people will hit first, or it's certainly one of the most traffic pages to your site. So we need to make sure that it's doing a good job of setting a good first impression and selling the clicks through to the rest of your site. If your homepage is not doing a good job of setting a good first impression, then you can really notice that the success of the campaign is limited. Just answering these five questions on your homepage gets you off to a really good start. So I hope you enjoy the episode. And as always, if you've got any questions, then you can tweet us at ExposureNinja.com or head over to facebook.com forward slash ExposureNinja. So for episode five of the Exposure Ninja podcast, we thought we would go through five questions that your homepage needs to answer. So the first question is, what does your company do? This needs to be really clear on the website. Could you go through some of the main ways in which you would describe what a company does on their website, Tim? Yeah, so the first thing to kind of note is that even if you think it's really obvious what your business does from your homepage, it would definitely be worth testing this with somebody who represents your potential target customer. So because I work on websites and know about websites and spend all day looking at websites, I'll often test a a new design or a site that I'm reviewing on somebody like my wife or my mother. It's a total coincidence they are female. It could be anybody. And I'm often amazed at how how far away they are from the intent of the page. So just as an example, I was was showing my wife a website which had won some design awards and was uh, looked very, very expensive. We didn't design it, but it was it was clearly built by a design agency rather than a marketing agency. And it had this fancy menu at the top of the at the top of the page. I understood that this was a menu. My wife couldn't figure out how to navigate the site because the menu was formatted in something that looked like an address at the top of a a standard letter. So she immediately saw this section of text at the top of the page and thought that's the address. She didn't even read to see if it was a menu. She didn't notice that the first element was home. She just thought that's an address. I can't see a menu. And we didn't get any further than that. So that company would have seen that visit as a bounce or as a disengaged customer. They wouldn't have even realized that there was an issue there. So the first thing to say, kind of prefacing all of this, is that what's obvious to you or us or you know anybody else in your business might not always be obvious to your target audience at all. We like to use a couple of customer avatars when we're thinking about web design and and usable interfaces. The first is to imagine that the visitor is Homer Simpson. So he's busy, he's distracted, he's got lots of stuff going on, and he doesn't really understand the computer thingy. Everything needs to be completely obvious and then even more obvious than that. So you can't really be too obvious with things. The other customer avatar is the customer is your mum. 
And um, again, it could be your dad equally, but um, this person is struggling to use the internet. They, they don't really understand. I think the most important thing about this avatar is that they are often scared off by things. So if they don't understand something, they won't spend the time to, to dig around and try and understand it. They'll often just leave and they'll go back to the comfort of, of something which feels familiar. Th- those are the first two things. The first question that your homepage needs to answer, what does your company do? This has to be a really clear headline explaining the benefit that you offer. So most companies, when they go for some kind of homepage slogan, they'll go for something which is a little bit ambient, you know, serving the whatever market since blah, blah, blah. And it might seem clever and it might have cost a lot of money to to come up with it. But actually, sometimes the best way to, to do it is just to say, we do X for X or we provide X for X or selling X to Y, you know you know, is, is there a, a completely basic way that you can word this? And, and then make sure that you're speaking that in the language that your customers use. So if your customers call you one particular thing, and that's not technically the name of the thing that you offer, well, just use the language that they use, because when they land on that page, that's the word that they're going to have going through their mind. So that's the thing that they're looking out to recognize. You can't really be too obvious with this and it needs to hit home straight away above the fold. Don't make people do any digging at all. The most important, most visible thing on your homepage should be a clear statement about exactly what it is that your company does. Okay, great. Yeah. And um, uh, one thing that I was thinking about while you were, while you were talking that is, I know that, that if somebody out there is struggling with this, struggling with the clarity issue, and they're wondering, you know, do people understand this website? There is a tool that I know that we've started using recently, isn't there, where you can, you can get, you can pay, you know, a dollar per person to get people to just have a look at the website and, and record their sort of first impressions, isn't there? So that might be a great idea to sort of see whether or not, you know, your website is simple enough or, or if it's, you know, got some issues with it, isn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the name of that piece of... Peak user testing. Peak user testing. So if, yeah, if, you, if people are in, you know, want to get an idea about the clarity, then, then they might want to use peak user testing. And if people can't understand immediately from that, you know, what your website does, then that's probably something you need to be looking at. Yeah, so usertesting.com is the kind of main site and then Peak, which is P-E-E-K, is like a subservice which they offer, which allows you to get free user tests. I think you can get a couple of them a month and then you have to start paying for them. But they're really good quick snapshots from some ordinary internet user. You can type in a few questions that the person has to answer. And as they're looking through your site, they're prompted to answer the questions. And you can also do things such as you can flash the site up for a few seconds and then shut it down again. And then they have to answer a question about what they just saw. So all of that stuff's really interesting to say, you know, what does this business do? or where is this business based and see if people can identify that from your existing website. You'll be amazed at how stuck people get on such basic things. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely probably going to be answering most of the five questions that, that we're talking about today. So um, <laughs> it's going to going to help. That tool is going to help you out with, with every one of these questions. So be, be thinking about having a look at that. Uh, so the, the next question that you should be asking on your website is, um, you know, who are your target customers? How would a website be able to sort of give that information? When people land on your homepage, one of the questions that they have in their head is, is this for me? A quick way to answer that question is to show them a picture of somebody who is like them. So if your audience fits a particular demographic, then show them somebody in that demographic. One of the things that we'll often see with dentists, and we get dental clients that sell dental implants, 
And the pictures on their websites will be these really young, smiling, happy people with perfect teeth. Of course, the smiling, happy people have perfect teeth, but the old person who's, you know, that, that dental implant center might be, might be targeting more older people because they have the cash to spend on that and actually they need the implants. And they see these younger people and they think, well, maybe this is, you know, maybe this isn't quite for me. Whereas if you show some, you know, people that more accurately reflect the demographic, which this company is trying to target, then you've got more chance of converting people because they feel that affinity. So pictures can reflect your target customer. That's a good way to call them out. Another way to do it is just actually to call them out with text. So if your business serves a particular niche or a particular market, then just say, you know, providing web design for the construction industry or something like that. Make it make it really clear. So as soon as someone lands, they go, ah, oh, yes, this is for me. Well, I was thinking about what about um, things like kind of the style of the website? Is this, a, you know, a, a nice, simple kind of easy to use website? Is this a sort of upper class website that looks all fancy, that kind of thing? Is that something that you would use in, in regards to like a target customer? Or is that sort of a bit too? No, that's a really good point. So, yeah, I mean, your target customer, there's a there's a price point which you want to identify with. And there are certainly design cues which can identify with, with particular price points. Like you say, if it's luxury, then it's going to be probably quite light or, or it could be really dark. The color choice is, is going to be, you know, there's going to be lots of blacks and golds and, and whites and grays, probably going to have quite fine fonts. And, and all of that stuff has a, it gives, it gives it a kind of perceived expensive edge, I guess. Whereas something that has a lot of, of red and big calls out and, and stuff like call outs and, and stuff like that can, can, uh, can seem quite you know, discount oriented. And there's certainly a target customer that, that that would appeal to. I mean, if you think of Sports Direct driving past the Sports Direct store, you know exactly who that store is targeting based on the colors that they use. So that's that's definitely a good point. Yeah, there's, there's certainly a, a price target customer as well. Cool. So those are the two sort of really big questions. Now there's going to be a couple more specific questions. So first question would be, where is your company based? We need to be really clear on this website, especially if you're a, a local company. But this might also apply to sort of national versus international as well, mightn't it? Yeah. And the local thing is obviously absolutely key. You wouldn't believe how many sites were sent from pe- local businesses and who aren't, aren't doing particularly well. And actually their, their location information is buried in the footer of the page. And until you get to the footer, which typically only 2% of people do, um, you would have absolutely no idea they're based. The, probably the worst one I saw is it was a plumber's website about a year ago, and they actually had no location information anywhere on the entire website. There was no information about where this company is based. So obviously, it's going to be completely impossible for anybody to convert and, and highly unlikely that that site would ever rank for anything locally. Even if you're not a local company, then having some kind of location information is important. If you're e-commerce, it needs to be obvious that you serve the particular market that you're in. So whether this is showing people a pound sign if you are based in the UK or a dollar sign if you're based in the US, obviously that tells them that you serve their their area. So it's, it's good to get the currency right. If you're a service business, what sort of target area do you serve? So if you're an accountancy company, is there a, do you have a location? Do you have multiple locations? If you're an online accountancy company, we need to let people know that we're an online accountancy company and that we serve people from all across the UK or all across the world, you know, whatever your area is. So people often have a question in their head, you know, obviously, is this for me? And a, a big part of that, is this for me? Is, am I going to be able to work with that company? And a large part of the answer to that is, am I in the right sort of geographic area? So 
if that's important to your business, then make it really important on your website. And again, that has to be above the fold and it has to be completely brain dead clear. That, that target area question is definitely something which I can think of a, a few examples quite recently that I've come across. So, so looking for things like plumbers and uh, electricians and that kind of stuff, because recently bought a house. And, you know, you might find somebody that, that mentions on their website, Nottingham-based plumber, um, which is, you know, nearby to me. But for me personally, that information wasn't good enough because do I count as Nottingham? I, I live in the, the suburbs of Nottingham. Are you willing to come to my house? I need to know that piece of information not just that you're within kind of 10, 15, 20 miles, whatever it might be. So how would you go about that on a website? You're obviously getting that target area rather than, you know, where that company's based. Yeah. And I think the most important thing there is you're probably not going to call them up and ask them, do you serve my area, right? You're just exactly. going to move on. Yeah. So you're not even going to take the risk unless you can tell that it's a good fit from the website. You're not even going to give it a chance how do you kind of fix that issue well there's a there's a couple of ways to do it so if you're a local business and you go out to people like plumbers then normally it's a good idea to have a a menu tab which is areas we serve and then you might have a drop down which lists all of the different areas that that you serve so it could be all of the different kind of sub locations in nottingham the benefit of that approach is that you can then have a page for each different sub location on your site you can make sure that that page is optimized for that phrase. So you might have some information about some of the jobs that you've done in that area. You might have some testimonials from people who are in that area and they've got the, you know, the, the road name or, or the, the, the kind of area name in there in the testimonial as well. So you're making sure you're getting pl- plenty of locally relevant content on that page. So definitely having an areas we serve page or pages is, is a good idea. Another thing which works well for for local businesses having a map on their homepage and you can set up a custom google map which shows the a kind of radius or a, an a, an area kind of blocked off in a different color so that's obvious if somebody's local they they see the map they recognize they know how to find them themselves and so they can see if you're you're in the target area the the most easy way is is just have a little panel on the homepage or in your sidebar or preferably both which just says we serve these areas and then you just list them out obviously works better if there's less than 10 areas because if you're you know if you're a national company and that turns into a bit of a nightmare but again the benefit of that is that google can see each of those local areas on every single page so you're increasing your chances of ranking for those phrases cool yeah so it's got an seo benefit to it as well so it's definitely something you should be doing then yeah that's cool next question that your homepage needs to answer what are the benefits of your service this question is a little bit more specific than that so we're not just talking about the benefits of you know a plumber we're talking about the benefits of of your plumbing business versus your competitor's business so um, you know what kind of ways would you go about doing that with the website the way that most people will will do it is they'll use some kind of general statement so plumber with the best service or your trusted plumber something like that and it's it's kind of a nod towards a benefit but really it's 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 utterly useless because it can't be quantified it's it's just meaningless so there needs to be a tangible measurement of being the most trusted plumber so are you the best reviewed plumber in your area or are you the do you have the most testimonials or or whatever obviously that that's plumbers we can talk about businesses that sell an actual commodity item but if there is something distinguishable about your business we need to find a way of of enunciating that really clearly because if you can't enunciate why people should do business with you rather than your competitors then 
people won't, you know, people aren't going to go to the trouble of doing it. So some kind of clear statement on your homepage, social proof is a really good one. So reviews are good, as are any other kind of tangible benefits. If you are a plumber, for example, then offering a 24-hour emergency service or offering fixed prices or no call-out charge, all of these things are are kind of measurable things. There's quite an interesting case study I remember from a uh, there's an ad campaign run by a beer company in the US and then in the 90s, I think. Their one of their benefit statements was something something along the lines of we you know we I don't I don't really know anything about beer but let's say for example that it was we filter our hops three times or something like that, so it, it was a statement that people could recognise that this was this meant that there was some kind of benefit to this. Well, the the actual truth is that everybody did this. Um, whether I don't, you know, obviously not filtering a hops three times, that's probably meaningless for people that drink beer, but something along those lines, of, it, it was just something that everybody did. Well, because they came out and they said that they did this immediately, it kind of casts a bit of doubt on, on the others, on, on the other options. It makes them seem like they're more thorough. It seems like something that, that must be good. There's some perceived value there um, whilst kind of discrediting the others. Now, the other beer companies, what, what can they say? Well, so do we. Well, then it makes them sound like copycats, doesn't it? So even if you're selling something which is totally generic, there are ways to find a, find a benefit in there. I mean, if you're an e-commerce business, there's obviously standard stuff like free delivery, um, free delivery available, free returns, you know, is there a phone number that people can call? You know, a lot of e-commerce companies will go for things like best service or if there's a guarantee, something like that. So as soon as I see that I can get free delivery from from your site rather than anybody else's, then there's a there's a kind of perceived cost cost benefit there. And we, we've seen from studies that actually free delivery is 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 quite a compelling benefit statement for people. So even if you are totally generic and selling completely generic products there are there are ways to to bring out a benefit statement awesome yeah definitely we've got one more question that we wanted to cover uh, so your homepage should also say um what can visitors do immediately to take a step closer to buying from you so what do you offer people who aren't ready to buy yet a way to interact with you so I guess what you mean by this is sort of, you know, people can try out the service, but without having to sort of spend money, that kind of thing. Is that is that what we're talking about here? Well, I think it's just about being mindful that there's a, there are two levels of customer that land on your, your site. There are the really warm ones who are ready to go now. And then there's there are those who are a bit cooler, who maybe aren't ready to go now, but maybe at some point they will be. The things that your homepage needs to answer is what can either of those sets of visitor do now to get one step closer to buying from you so if i'm really hot and i visit an e-commerce site obviously i need to be able to see products or i need to be able to see product categories that will take me to the product that i like to buy so that's pretty obvious if i'm a service business what's the main call to action that i need to to go through in order to do business with you is it a free consultation is it claiming something is it a discovery session you know what's what's the what's the action that you want me to take and it has to be really specific so that's for the hot customers the people that are ready to go now but then you've also got to be mindful of the people who aren't ready to go yet but they will be at some point so is there something that we can offer them so for e-commerce this might be can people sign up for a discount code can they sign up for updates can they sign up to get a free trial of something can they join an insiders club something like that and all of those things are kind of good ways to pick up a lead 
for people who aren't ready to buy, you know, for a, for a service business, there might be some kind of white paper that people can download. Obviously, it needs to be phrased a little bit more attractively than that. And um, there might be some case studies that they can look at. There might be they can sign up for some kind of compelling updates. It might be that they can get a discount for future stuff. You know, what, what are we offering people who aren't ready to buy now, but who will be at some point? And both of those questions need to be answered on your homepage because often your homepage is the entry and exit point. It's the exit point if you don't give people something like that, which is compelling enough to cause them to take action. So, so what we're kind of trying to avoid here with this is the situation where somebody is saying, you know, purchase this service right now. If you don't want to do that, I don't care. Like you can just leave this website kind of thing. We don't want that situation. We want to try and maximize every every opportunity that we've got, don't we, with this? Exactly. Yeah. It's it's particularly e-commerce. It's buy or die. If you're not ready to buy now, then then we don't really want to serve you. Um, well, I mean, for a lot of service businesses as well, if if you don't need our service right now, then there's there's no real other option for you. We just don't really care about you. And and the trouble is that particularly if you've got like a really active blog or something, you might be getting a lot of informational research-based traffic. People are just looking for information about your topic. And at some point, they could be a potential lead for you. So you need to make sure that you're capturing them somehow and giving them something because they might not have come to your site looking for your particular service. They might, you know, we get more than 50% of our, our traffic now comes through our blog. And it's people organically looking for things like how to define their target audience. Well, they're not looking for web design or anything right now, but at some point they probably will be. So we need to make sure that our only call to action isn't, if you're interested in web design, get a free whatever. So what are we going to give the people who are just kind of casually browsing and then we can get them into our world, we can show them a bunch of stuff and hey, maybe they might be in the market for a website or something in the future. So there you have it. Those are the five questions that your homepage needs to answer. So just to run down those real quickly for you. So first question, what does your company do? You need to be clearly explaining your service and your benefit. Uh, The next thing is who are your target customers? Your website should clearly reflect your target customers, whether this might be through the pictures on your website of those customers or maybe the text on there. Or as we mentioned, it might be the style of the website as well. The next question is, where is your is your company based? So this might be a local area, this might be a city, this might be a county, or this might be a national, international divide as well. So where are you based? Who are you willing to serve? The next uh, question is, what is the benefit of your service versus your competitor service? Why should I be purchasing from your website? And then the last question that your homepage needs to answer is uh, what can your visitors do if they want to purchase now, if they're ready to purchase immediately? And also what can your visitors do if they're not ready to purchase yet, they might be in the future. Sweet. So if you enjoyed this, then please remember to head over to iTunes and subscribe and give us an honest rating. That'd be awesome. And if you would like us to carry out a free review of your website and digital marketing, then head over to www.exposioninja.com forward slash review. Ever wondered what Exposure Ninja would do if we were marketing your business? Well, now you can find out completely free. 
As a thank you for listening to the podcast, we'd like to offer you a free review of your website and digital marketing, complete with a tailored plan that we'll put together for you to increase the visibility of your website and the sales that it generates. You can follow the plan yourself, or if you're interested in finding out how to become a client of ours, we can talk about that, but there's no obligation to do so. This review and plan is completely free of charge. We'll even show you what your competitors are doing, so you can copy the good bits and exploit the bad bits. All you need to do is fill in a short questionnaire about your site's performance and your goals. Your review and plan will then be emailed over to you within a couple of days. Go to exposureninja.com forward slash review to request your review and plan today.